Finally, all of you be like-minded, compassionate, loving as brothers, tender-hearted, and courteous. 1 Peter 3.8 Heavenly Father, we come before you seeking a heart like yours, one filled with compassion, kindness, and humility. Guide us to treat everyone we encounter with fairness and love, reflecting the example set by Christ. Let this desire to act justly and love mercy spring forth from a devotion to you, not from external pressures or mandates. May our actions be a testament to your love, showing the world your grace through our deeds. Strengthen us in your love so that we might be a light to this world, embodying the unity and peace that only you can provide. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Welcome to Pray News, where hope is our only bias. Today's news at a glance, colleges are on a congressional hot seat for their lack of response to anti-Semitism. The NCAA has made a radical proposal to start paying D1 athletes, and Israel claims to have neutralized nearly half of Hamas's commanders. Today, we are reminded that doing the right thing shouldn't require some institution or governing authority demanding it from us. Rather, we are called to be challenged and transformed by God's word and compelled by his spirit to live out the character of Christ. Let's examine our motivations today. Are our motivations for doing the right thing? Are we acting out of fear for punishment or a desire to see God's kingdom here on earth? We're glad you're here. We pray today's take on the news leaves you informed and transformed. If you haven't followed this podcast yet, make sure to do so and set notifications. That way, you never have to miss an episode. Before we get to today's first story, let's hear a word from these sponsors. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employer's respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways, shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. In a recent and significant congressional hearing, the prestigious institutions of Harvard, MIT, and the University of Pennsylvania found themselves at the center of a heated debate over the handling of anti-Semitism on their campuses. This hearing, led by Republican members of the House Committee on Education and Workforce, aimed to confront what they perceived as a growing concern over bias against Jewish students and faculty in these academic environments. The central accusation, spearheaded by Virginia Fox, a Republican from North Carolina, was that these universities were breeding grounds for anti-Semitic sentiments. This claim is deeply troubling, considering the history and impact of anti-Semitism globally. 
The university presidents, Claudine Gay of Harvard, Sally Kornbluth of MIT, and Elizabeth Magill of University of Pennsylvania, were summoned to address these allegations before Congress. In their defense, these leaders outlined the steps taken by their respective institutions in the wake of rising tensions, particularly following the obvious attack by Hamas on October 7th. Their approach involved consulting codes of conduct, framing task forces of anti-Semitism, and defending freedom of expression while trying to safeguard the welfare of Jewish students. However, their testimony seemed to clash with the expectations of the committee members in the reality that's seen on campuses. Everyone was more focused on addressing what they saw as a broader cultural problem within these campuses, not just singular events. The hearing went beyond the scope of anti-Semitism, touching on various contentious topics in current academic discourse. Issues such as the influence of diversity, equity, and inclusion programs, which we've reported on before, the inclusion of trans athletes, foreign funding for Middle Eastern studies, and representation of conservative faculty, and the declining percentage of Jewish students on campuses were all brought to the forefront. This breadth of discussion points to a larger, more complex conversation about the role of higher education in shaping societal norms and values. One of the most challenging aspects highlighted in the hearing was the balancing act between protecting free speech and ensuring the safety and respect of all student groups, including Jewish students. This balance is particularly delicate in the context of the Israel-Hamas conflict, where the line between political expression and hate speech can become blurred. The university presidents face criticism for their perceived slow response to the concerns of Jewish students. Harvard's president, Dr. Gay, in particular, faced scrutiny for her handling of the situation, including the decision not to fly the Israeli flag over Harvard Yard, which was contrasted with the earlier decision to fly the Ukrainian flag. A central point of contention in the hearing revolved around the nature and limits of free speech on campus. Questions about what constitutes harassment or bullying, especially in the context of anti-Semitic rhetoric, were hotly debated. This discussion reflects a broader societal struggle to define the boundaries of acceptable speech in a pluralistic society. It also speaks of the precedent that we set on college campuses. The hearing also touched on the topic of ideological diversity, questioning the representation of conservative viewpoints among faculty members. This aspect of debate reflects a growing concern about the perceived liberal bias in higher education institutes and impact on academic discourse. Despite Despite the heated nature of the hearing, there were calls, particularly from Democratic members, for a more bipartisan approach to tackling anti-Semitism in higher education. This perspective emphasizes the need for collaborative efforts to address such a complex and sensitive issue. From the viewpoint of a believer, the issue of anti-Semitism in academia and, in general, is particularly poignant. Christianity, in its roots deeply intertwined with Judaism, calls for a profound respect and love for the Jewish community. The Bible teaches the importance of justice, love, and respect for all people as well, regardless of their background or beliefs. Therefore, it is paramount for Christian communities to engage in this dialogue, advocating for environments where all students, including Jewish students, feel safe, respected, and valued. This also brings to the forefront the concept of how we work out ideas. There's also a more ethereal idea of how colleges are supposed to be bastions of free speech, dialogue, and working out ideas in tension. We're supposed to contrast ideas with one another. We're supposed to exchange viewpoints and opinions and have emotionally stirred debates. However, this should never come at the cost of the safety of an individual. The challenge faced by these universities and indeed by society at large in this cultural moment 
is to foster an environment where diverse viewpoints can be expressed respectively and where anti-Semitism in all forms of hate are actively combated. This endeavor aligns with our values of love, respect, and justice for all, and that we shouldn't fight evil with evil, but rather fight evil with good. Heavenly Father, we pray for wisdom and understanding in our academic institutions as they navigate the complex issues of anti-Semitism. Guide the leaders and educators to foster environments of respect, tolerance, and safety for all. Students, including Jewish students, should feel a sense of safety, Lord. Would you comfort them in this time? May your love and justice prevail in these discussions, bringing about meaningful change and unity in our diverse communities. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The landscape of college athletics stands on the brink of a monumental shift. At the heart of this transformation is the NCAA's recent proposal spearheaded by President Charlie Baker to allow Division I schools to compensate their athletes directly. This proposal, if implemented, could fundamentally redefine the ethos of amateurism that has been the cornerstone of college sports for over a century. To understand the significance of this proposal, we must first examine the NCAA's long-standing adherence to amateurism. Founded in 1906, the NCAA has consistently maintained that college athletes should not receive financial compensation, arguing that their primary role is as students, not professionals. This principle has been the bedrock of the NCAA's policies, despite the exponential growth of college sports into a multi-billion dollar industry. The financial disparities within Division I are stark, with spending ranging from $5 million to $250 million annual per program. The division encapsulates a wide array of schools with vastly different resources and prestige. This disparity has intensified the debate around athlete compensation as the revenues generated, especially by top-tier football and basketball programs, have skyrocketed. Here are some of the key aspects of the proposal by President Baker's proposal introduces several groundbreaking changes. One is direct compensation. Division I schools can enter endorsement deals with athletes and establish educational trusts. Two is educational trust fund. A minimum of $30,000 per year must be set aside for at least half of the eligible athletes. And three, new subdivisions. A top tier for the wealthiest programs with their own set of rules for scholarships, recruiting, and transfers. A pivotal aspect of the proposal and its focus is also gender equity. Since the NCAA permitted athletes to profit from their name, image, and likeness in 2021, a disparity has emerged favoring male athletes. Baker's proposal aims to rectify this by ensuring that compensation adheres to Title IX rules, promoting a more balanced financial landscape between men and women athletes. There are a lot of implications and challenges facing this proposal. One is economic implications. The direct compensation of athletes represents a seismic shift in the economic model of college sports. It raises questions about the future of sponsorships, the distribution of revenues, and the sustainability of smaller programs. There's also legal and regulatory hurdles. The proposal, while progressive, faces legal challenges. Ongoing lawsuits and complaints filed against the NCAA regarding athlete compensation could either be bolstered or rendered moot by these changes. There's also institutional and cultural shifts that need to happen. Embracing this model requires a significant cultural shift within the institutions. The long-held belief of amateurism will be challenged, and universities will need to navigate the complexities of implementing these changes while maintaining the integrity of their educational mission. From a Christian viewpoint, this proposal invites reflection on themes of fairness, stewardship, and the role of money in sports. Scripture teaches us about the importance of fair compensation for one's labor and the need for integrity in all dealings. 
These athletes are making colleges millions and in some cases billions of dollars. So, compensating them seems only fair, but it's a Pandora's box and requires wisdom to navigate. This proposal can be seen as an effort to uphold values of stewardship and values of fairness in the realm of college athletics, ensuring that athletes are justly rewarded for their contributions and their hard work. These athletes treat it like a job, but they're not compensated like it's a job. As Christian observers and participants in this evolving landscape, there is a need to balance the commercial aspects of college sports while also the educational mission of these institutions. The proposal encourages a reevaluation of priorities, ensuring that the pursuit of financial gain does not overshadow the holistic development of these student athletes. The NCAA's proposal to pay Division I athletes is more than just a policy change. It's a potential turning point in the history of college sports. As we wait further developments and potential implementations, this proposal challenges us to reconsider long-standing beliefs and practices in college athletics. For believers, it provides an opportunity to engage in meaningful dialogue about the intersection of faith, fairness, and the evolving world of sports. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for wisdom and discernment, something we pray for in many different leaders and many different CEOs and governing bodies. Lord, we pray for the whole process of the NCAA's proposal to compensate Division I athletes. May this potential change be guided by principles of fairness and justice, ensuring that these athletes are recognized and rewarded equitably for their hard work and dedication while not forsaking their education. Help us to navigate these changes with integrity and commitment to holistic development of each student. In your name we pray. Amen. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. 
But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. In a significant military operation, Israel has declared it has neutralized approximately half of Hamas's battalion commanders. This operation, which intensifies the ongoing conflict in Gaza, marks a pivotal moment in the Israel-Hamas confrontation. Our comprehensive report delves into the details, consequences, and biblical reflections on the recent developments. Israeli forces have targeted the mid-level command structures of Hamas in Gaza. Officials indicate that this strategy aims to dismantle Hamas's operational capabilities. The focus has been on Khan Yunis, a southern stronghold of Hamas, where several key commanders are believed to be located. This offensive included a critical strike in northern Gaza, where senior commanders were allegedly hiding in a tunnel. The loss of these commanders represents a significant blow to Hamas. Yaakov Amidor, a former national security advisor, notes that while Hamas's system has not collapsed, its leadership is in a precarious state. Despite these setbacks, Hamas has demonstrated continued operational ability as evidenced by the increased rocket attacks from Gaza. Military analysts, including Jack Watling from the Royal United Service Institute, caution that killing commanders while weakening Hamas is unlikely to lead to an outright defeat. New leaders often emerge to fill the void, continuing the cycle of conflict. The battle, especially around Khan Yunis, exacerbates the humanitarian crisis in Gaza. With a population of over 400,000, the city's involvement in the conflict risks significant civilian displacement, and shortages of essentials like food and water. The United Nations has reported alarming casualty figures and stressed the urgent need for a ceasefire of hostilities. In a controversial move, Israeli Foreign Minister Eli Cohen revoked the visa of Lynn Hastings, the UN's top humanitarian coordinator for the Palestinian territories. This decision reflects the strained relationship between Israel and the UN as of late, Amidst the conflict, the issue of hostages also remains critical. More than 100 hostages taken by Palestinian militant groups, including Hamas, remain a point of tension. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has emphasized the importance of military action in securing their release. As believers, we are called to pray for peace and the resolution of these conflicts. The situation in Gaza is a heart-wrenching reminder of the brokenness of our world. The Bible teaches us to seek peace and pursue it, and to be peacemakers. In these troubled times, let us pray earnestly for the safety of all involved, for wisdom, for the leaders, and for a peaceful resolution. We've seen glimpses of it, and we'll continue to pray and press in. May our hearts be guided by compassion and our actions by the pursuit of justice and peace, and hope that one day, nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Isaiah 2.4 Lord, in these times of conflict in Gaza, we pray for peace and understanding. Guide the leaders and the people involved towards a resolution that honors life and dignity. May your wisdom and compassion prevail in the hearts of all, bringing an end to the suffering and leading towards a future where peace and justice reign. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today on Pray News. It is our aim to be informed and transformed. 
We pray today you'd proceed with hope, love, and determination to be a force for good. If you haven't yet followed this podcast, consider doing so so you never have to miss an episode. You can sign up for our newsletter at praynews.com. There, you'll find sources to all of our reporting. And be sure to download the Pray.com app to make prayer a priority in your life and experience the Bible in new and exciting ways. God bless. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder. Or find a featured all-inclusive package to Ibera Star Hotels and Resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Do you have a digital mindset? Check out Season 3 of This is Digital. Season 3 of This is Digital goes behind the scenes to reveal how digital trends show up in everyday decisions and actions, including driving profitable growth in enterprise software and how the new sports fan experience can drive revenue. Featuring guests like Chris D'Agostino of Databricks and Scott Crable of Tama Bravo. Check out the latest and greatest on Season 3 of This is Digital and learn more at westmonroe.com.